Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Doesn't it feel kind of like Friday? Doesn't it feel like Friday? What is it about that? Why is it when sometimes it feels like a short week, sometimes it feels like a long week, and usually everybody you ask or you mentioned that too, agrees with you. There's something in the air. You know, the human condition, I don't know what it is. We're all connected in some way, and a lot of people feel like it's Friday, possibly because we had a great big party last night. Uh, WABC seeing some great success in the ratings. We all went over to the Empire Steakhouse, had a great time. Thank you, John and Margo Katsimatidis, Joe Piscopo, some amazing entertainment. Man, not only can that guy sing and play the drums, he's funny as hell. Uh, what did I have? Chicken Parmesan at a steakhouse. Bad call, but it was great chicken Parmesan. And, uh, where the hell are we? What is happening? Hey, whenever in doubt, whenever in doubt, you gotta remember this. Okay, folks, are you ready? Let's see. The very first one, if you don't mind. Cut 31. Ultimately, I'm always right. <laughs> Ultimately, I'm always right, and it really is true. It always works out his way. You know, you can be like one of them, you know, half the country totally flabbergasted with him, totally, oh, my God, if he would only tweet less, oh, if he only did this. He's obviously figured a lot of things out. He knows what he's doing. So half the country's flabbergasted. A lot of people are in awe. I got to tell you, though, you can just be one of those people. Study him. Learn. Read his books, by the way. You want to spend, most of us are not going to get to hang out with President Trump. You know what you can do, though? You can read his books. You can read Art of the Deal. You can read Art of the Deal Part 2. What was that? Art of the Comeback. You can, how to think big and kick ass. And let me tell you something. Very few people actually read the book. Very, very few people. It's interesting. Lots of people like to buy books, especially with the Kindle. The Kindle is like a book-buying machine. You know, oh, I want that book. I'll buy it. Uh, reading it, it's another story. And this has happened to be a bunch of times. I've, I've read a book. I do like to read, not as much as I used to, because who can find the time, you know? But I do enjoy it. Uh, I'm glad I read a lot when I was younger. I still benefit from that. Uh, so let's see. Oh, yeah, I was reading a book about uh, a meeting that President Obama had with Bill Gates, his his, uh, Secretary of Defense. And uh, actually, it was Robert Gates. And Robert Gates has served under George W. Bush. And Obama wanted him to be his defense secretary. So I'm reading that book. And they start talking about my friend, uh, Jesse. Jesse actually worked for Gates. And uh, Obama says, I want you to be my Secretary of Defense. And Robert Gates says, okay, but I need Ted, Jim, and Jesse. I can't do this without them. And Obama's like, Ted, Jim, and Jesse, huh? 
I take it they're good people. The best. All right. I think we can do it. All right. So Gates and Ted, Jim and Jesse and a few other people go over there and they join the Obama administration. The incoming. All right. And that's very unusual. A secretary of defense serving two different presidents, especially of two different parties. So uh, what's the moral of the story? Well, I read this in a book. Six months later, I see Jesse at some party and I'm like, hey, isn't that funny? Imagine that two president, two a president and a secretary of defense having a conversation negotiating about you, Jesse. He's like, what the hell are you talking about? Ah, you know, when they have that meeting and they're all figuring it out, you know, whether he's going to be secretary of defense or not. And he says he's not going to do it if he can't take you. He said, what are you saying? I'm saying it's in a book. Haven't you read it? What book? Where is it? No. He didn't even know it. Nobody told him. And this is a very well-informed guy. People, you know, he knows things. He's, he's out and about. It's happened a bunch of times. It happened to me, actually. Happened to my mom. So Donald Trump writes a book. It's called, uh, think, I think it's the one, Think Big and Kick Ass. I got to double-check the title. Came out in 2008. Now, a few years ago, I guess it was in 17 when he's you know, president. I'm like, I need to know everything there is to know about this guy. He's going to be around for a while. I want to know more about him. I already know a lot about him. So I start reading all of his books. And The Art of the Deal, by the way, is the best one. And he's very honest. He's not, he, he talks about his setbacks. He talks about the screw-ups. He talks about the negotiation. He talks about also how to get in the door. If you want to get a meeting with somebody, how do you do it? You know how you do it? You pick up the phone and you make a call. You know how many people are afraid to do that? And you know what he does? He calls the CEO. Yeah, you can you can start with the front desk. Good luck with that. Or you can try the CEO. He called the CEO of Tiffany because he wanted to buy the air rights right over Tiffany. And he, and, uh, he pulled it off. He gets him on the phone. And he says, sometimes it's best to start at the top. And you know, it's sometimes lonely at the top. These guys don't have anybody to go to lunch with. Everybody's intimidated. So you give them a call on the phone. It's true. Anyway, he tells story after story after story in this book. It's all very interesting. And then one of the things he said, again, this book came out in 2008. I'm reading it about 10 years later. And he says, you know, one of the things I enjoy about being rich is the ability to give the money away and support charitable causes that I believe in. And one very beautiful cause is Sister Cities. And the September 11th concerts, and they put on beautiful concerts on September 11th throughout the city, and I think it's wonderful, and I'm proud to support it. And their uh, chairperson is Veronica Kelly, a wonderful woman, and I am proud to know her. Anyway, and then he starts telling another story. Well, Veronica Kelly is my mother. It's astounding to me. He wrote this in two, and he knew little things. It's just all true, by the way. Sister Cities and the, the September concerts, it's all, it's all accurate. And it was in a book. And I didn't know it. My mother didn't know it. Nobody called on the phone and said, hey, did you know you're in a book here by Donald Trump? He's writing it. It's wild. It's wild what people don't know. It's wild what we're spending our time doing and when we could be doing something more. I basically think it's more valuable to read a book than scroll Twitter. Although if you do want to know what's going on in a snapshot, that's fine. Twitter's fine. I do it. But you got to find time for concentration, for thought. I don't want to suck on the thumb of Netflix for the rest of my life, all right? Living the dreams of other people. I want to chart my own path. Don't you? Hmm? 
We're the stars of our own movies. I'm sick of looking at other stars in their own movies, making me watch it, or the TV shows. It's so addictive. It's so... So, I hope that makes sense. They, the other thing... Uh, let me look here. Um, oh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Do we want to talk about Pennsylvania right now? Sure, what the hell? Because there is this crazy person who has somehow conned people into thinking that she's a real deal conservative. She is not. She is... Uh, well, I think she's a con artist. Her name is Kathy Bennett. She is a uh, she's running for the Republican nomination for the United States Senate. And uh, yeah, she's surging in the polls at the right time. Now, unfortunately, um, you know, the other guys, the guys who would do a well, Dr. Roz would do a fabulous job. And I think he's going to win. Dr. Roz has the intellect, the background, the skill, the insight, the curiosity the expertise, my God, he knows stuff. He knows things. He knows how to cut open your heart and fix it, right? That's important. I mean, that if you can do that, you can do a lot of other things. Well, wait a second. He had a TV show on, and man, he's friends with Oprah. I know. Donald Trump was uh, the star of a TV show, too. Donald Trump was uh, hanging around with Oprah. Well, I heard he was pro-choice and liberal. Well, you know what? Donald Trump, you can look it up. I'll show it to you tonight. Donald Trump was pro-choice. Yes, he was. The most pro-life president we have ever had at one point in his life was pro-choice. You know, sometimes you got to go through these things to get to where you are. And I think Oz is in a great place right now, and he's poised to do amazing things for the country. Again, I'm not officially endorsing anybody. I can't do that. I'd say, uh, what's his name, McClintock, McCormick? He would be a hell of a lot better than Kathy Barnett. Now, Kathy Barnett has done nothing. Now, while Oz and McCormick were going at it, uh, nobody was paying any attention to uh, Kathy. And um, she's benefited from that. The media didn't take her seriously. Nobody took her seriously. She's just hanging around. And you run enough negative ads, you know, that could turn some people off. So people are taking a look at Kathy. And they're buying her BS, quite frankly. All right. Now, there's she has a very interesting book title. Not the book, but the title. Nothing to Lose and Everything to Gain. It's true. She has nothing to lose. Most people can't just run around running for office, right? Because we have other responsibilities. We have we have work. We have, fan, we have things we've got to do. But she has nothing to lose, everything to gain. She doesn't have a job. Why not be a candidate? She ran for Congress in 2018, lost by 20 points in a winnable district, by the way. Then what does a grifter do? You look for the next race. Something to do on the campaign trail. Get to give interviews. What does it say on her website? She is a mom. Well, congratulations. I'm a father. I'm a mom. You're a mom. Um, that's at the top of her resume. You can say that's the most important job one will ever have. Okay, join the club. You're a parent. Like roughly, I think, 65% of the country. The other thing she is, she's a mom, veteran, adjunct professor, and a political commentator. That's it. What is her job? Nobody knows. Where did she come from? What? And she's not answering the questions. Basic questions she won't, she can't answer, won't answer. We don't know. What's going on there? What is she hiding? Now, the thing that really caught my attention was her military background or lack thereof. This is, um, it's, it's, look, something's not adding up here. Now, I'm a military veteran. I can say these things, okay? I can actually talk about them. I served for nine years, active duty, 
you can look it up. I can provide you with the paperwork if you want. She, on the other hand, um, can't provide the key piece of paper that we need, the DD-214. I mentioned this again. There are basic questions that she's not answering that other people have answered. If you're running for office, you're going to get vetted, right? So here's what she will not answer. Imagine this, right? Number one, the name of her hometown. Number two, where was she an adjunct professor and when? Number three, when was she in officer candidate school? Number four, what financial institutions did she work at and when? Five, when did she move from Virginia to Pennsylvania? She says in her book bio from 2018 that she lived in Virginia. So what year did she move to Pennsylvania? Six, and a confirmation that the college she graduated from was Troy State University. She cannot answer these questions, and they're pretty easy questions. Why won't she? Can't, won't, whatever. Something is up with this individual. And I know there are a lot of folks out there who say, you know what, I, I, I just, I, I, I got a feeling about this, and those guys are, I don't know, uh, no, those rich guys, I'm going to go with her. Well, if you fall for this crap, she's going to lose. She's going to lose. And quite frankly, at this point, I think you owe it to Trump. Because if you elect her, you know what they're going to say. And I say elect, she'll never get elected. She would win the, um, the primary, the nominee, maybe. But she'll never get elected to the USM. She would clap. This is a Democrat dream candidate. Democrat dream candidate. They will annihilate her. And you know what else they're going to do? They're going to say that Trump has lost his touch. Oh, wow. The first candidate he endorsed. You know, most ex-presidents don't run around endorsing people like this. You know why? Because some of them might lose. (laughs) He's willing to take that risk for the country. For the country. Count how many people Jimmy Carter campaigned for, the last one-term president. Or George H.W. Bush, another one-term president. They never stuck their neck out for anybody or broke a sweat. Bad, well, George Bush, you know, back in World War II, sure. And Jimmy, when he was on some submarine. But when they left the presidency, no, 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 no. It was all about their memoirs and speaking engagements. Believe it or not, and it's true, Donald Trump is possibly the most selfless person in America right now. I will be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. See, Biden loses top. Totally deranged maniac. He's either mumbling and forgetting or just yelling his head off. This was weird. I see the fake news buried it. Um, Conservative media. I mean, look, we have to talk about this stuff. He is a dangerous person at this point. He's almost 80 years old. In and of itself, that doesn't mean that much. However, with this guy, he's not doing well. Maybe it's, by the way, because they operated on his brain twice back in the 1980s. And you know that old saying that uh, neurologists have? You ready? When the air hits your brain, you're never the same. And uh, I think that, uh, well, even before he, look, he's got problems. You tell me, is this a normal man? Cut 36. Remember those long lines you'd see in a television People lining up in all kinds of vehicles just to get a box of food in their trunk. How quickly we forget. People were hurting. And what did the MAGA crowd want to do? 
Forget it. Forget it. God, this is the United States of America. The idea that people would have to wait in line an hour, hour and a half to get a box of food in their trunk. It's just unbelievable. Why is he mad at us? What the hell is he doing? What is he talking about? What MAGA person was uh, upset about a food line somewhere? I mean, we don't like food lines, but, I mean, food lines, what's he talking about? If he wanted to put that energy into fixing the baby formula crisis. No one's eating. We, we have 40% of the baby formula is gone, missing, shut down. He's yelling at us. Obviously, he has huge, huge problems, right? The fake news is actively covering those up, pretending it's not there. We all know it. We can all see it. And then I saw, I mean, their, their, their cover-up. Usually you got to be kind of uh, sneaky about a cover-up. Listen to this. They lay it all out for us. Uh, cut 37, please. The fact that Trumpers go after Joe Biden, uh, unbelievable. Hey, Joe's not Shakespeare, okay? Nobody ever said he was. Not Joe even wasn't, Joe. Joe wasn't Shakespeare 40 years ago, right? But again, seriously, you're a Trumper? And you're, 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 you're criticizing Joe Biden because he's not articulate? Yes. Yes, we are. <laughs> uh, not only is he not articulate, he's lost. He can't form proper sentences. He's making mistakes all the time. And, like, really, in, two hour, in a two-hour time span, he totally mischaracterized inflation. He inadvertently said that, uh, it was his fault, which it is, but he didn't want to say that. That would be a gaffe. He said that New Jersey stretched from New York all the way to Virginia. I mean, just weird, weird stuff. And they tell us, Trumpers, how dare you? How dare you? How dare us what? We're just using our ears. Cut 38, please. I agree with what Chairman Powell said last week, that the number one threat is the strength of and that strength that we build is inflation. Uh, hey, by the way, you know who's sharp as attack, right? 39. It was the hardworking patriots like you who built this country. And it is the hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country from what's happening right now. All right. I mean, really, one's got it. One doesn't. But look at what they say about us for raising these valid concerns that anybody would have. Anybody. Man on the street, corporate titan, everybody knows it. Everybody. Except the fake news. They pretend this is not happening. They call What's the word this guy uses? Listen to this. This is MSNBC. Jonathan Lemire. You ever see him? He looks like the guy from the cold and flu commercial. You know, who's got the cold and the flu before Dristian comes around or whatever. Cut 40, please. And the attack, the hypocrisy here of attacking President Biden uh, for, you know, his cognitive, alleged cognitive issues. I mean, it is it's absurd. It's absurd. It's absurd, he says. Absurd. Absurd. From the cleaning lady to the pope, we can all see what's happening. We're all absurd. All absurd. Hey, but remember, then they actually give us a little bit of wiggle room. This is just Joe, right? This is just Joe. Everybody always knew this about Joe. Cut 41. 
And yes, does President Biden occasionally make mistakes? Yes. For instance, yesterday, he said Rick Scott was from yeah. Wisconsin rather than Florida. But as you point out yeah. correctly, he's made gaffes his entire career. That comes with the Joe Biden package. Hey, that's exactly what you want in the president, a guy who makes gaffes his entire career. For most politicians, you make a gaffe, you make too many gaffes, it's a career ender. And back when we had, you know, the simple laws of physics and gravity in this country, uh, if you made the gaffes that he made, you were done forever. Ever. Forever. One more time here. They say that Joe Biden has never, never humiliated himself. Never humiliated himself on the public stage. Actually, why am I saying this? Listen to him say it and listen who he compares it to. It's pretty wild. Cut 42. And certainly he has never uh, humiliated himself on the public stage like President Trump did when he was in office repeatedly. You want me to show you 4,000 examples of Joe Biden humiliating himself, his family, embarrassing the country, going back to when he was a child, practically? Here we go. Here we go. This is when I first found out about Joe Biden. Oh, shoot. There's the music. Oh, it's good, though. Oh, it's good. All right. Give me a moment. Let me. uh, You got to stay around for that. Isn't it amazing? Give me a call if you want. 800-848-WABC. 800-848-WABC. Ooh, that guy in Pennsylvania just hung up. Uh, He was on hold. Hey, let me tell you something, buddy. Uh, Those records are not the DD-214. Kathy Barnett is hiding something from us regarding her military service. Believe me. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, everybody. Crazy Kathy Barnett supported Black Lives Matter and wants to build an Obama statue while attacking the founder of our country, George Washington and President Trump. Big money, never Trump groups are wrongly, wrongly supporting Kathy. That's what's going on here. And by the way, she's an insider. Again, who the hell can run for Congress, just run for Congress, lose by a mile, and then turn around and run for the Senate? You know who actually does stuff like that? Obama. (laughs) Yes, Obama. Obama ran in 2000, lost bad, beat bad by Bobby Rush. Oh, boy, they did not trust him. They did not like Obama. And this is not me. This is a Barack Obama himself saying it. You know what his big liability was? According to Barack Obama, he wasn't black enough. That's what he wrote in his memoir. They didn't trust him. Quite frankly, look, he's the one who goes around talking about race all day long. I could give a damn. But I was like, huh. You see, when you get down, when you go down those, you spend all your time talking about race, and you start to say ignorant things like that. Who's black enough? Who's white enough? Who's what? Well, who cares? But uh, that's that's what he trades in, right? So it, I guess it bit him. It bit him bad. Wasn't black enough in the black community, but just black enough in the white community, perhaps, the white liberal community. Okay, we like him. We're, we feel okay about this. Very strange. All very strange. So, uh, oh. Here is Kathy Barnett, by the way. Hey, have you ever been to um, Mount Vernon? George Washington's home. Everybody's been there at one point or another. I went there as a kid. I think I went back uh, 15 years ago. Uh, Don't go through the summer. It's pretty hot. Quite frankly, it's pretty boring. Uh, You get to see where George and Martha are buried. And I was always fascinated. They're buried in, um, like, crypts, above-ground coffins. It's not quite a mausoleum. It's a coffin right in front of you, but it's, like, concrete or marble or whatever 
Anyway, there they are. Then you got the big house. But Kathy wasn't interested in the big house, I noticed. The big house as in where George lived. No. She goes there just a couple of years ago and takes a video of herself in front of the slave quarters. She did. And listen to what she says about, um, about George Washington. And, 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 you know what she's doing as she's walking around? She's eavesdropping on the white people. That's what she says, the white people. The white people think that George Washington is all high and mighty. Yeah, no kidding. He's the father of our country. I think that's pretty high and mighty. Heck, they wanted to even make him a king. He wisely demurred. Is that the right word? He wisely said, no, thank you. Here's Kathy Barnett visiting Mount Vernon. Has no interest in the big house, but has the slave quarters behind her. Talks all about that and the white people. Cut 34, please. Kathy Barnett. Right behind me, right back there in that little brown home there, one of the slave cabins. It's just a replica because those slave cabins were usually extremely shanty. And um, I have some photos up here as well for you guys. Uh, dirt floors, usually six to eight people in this little space. Very, very small. Very, very confined. I heard some white people behind me talking about, you know, just the high and mightiness of how we revere President George Washington, specifically to those um, blacks who came and were treated in the most inhumane way. But as the uh, white people were standing behind me talking about the high and mightiness of how we revere President Bush, I mean, President um, Washington, I would think it to myself, we truly have to have a balance view of history. We have to balance history off. We cannot cut off our nose despite our face. What the hell is that about the nose and the face? And what's wrong with white people and their opinions? You having a problem with that? The white people, again, there they go, admiring George Washington. Wow, how silly. And by the way, George Washington, you're at the home of George Washington. Did you hear her get confused with George W. Bush there for a moment? This woman does not have the intellect, quite frankly, forgive me, to be a United States senator. She doesn't. Um, and she also does not have the uh, the skill, I guess, and the uh, the capacity to explain what the hell she did in the military. What the hell she did, what the hell she didn't do. Nine years I was in. I could tell you everything about what I did. You want to hear? Let's see. I went to OCS uh, in the summer of 88, back in the summer of 1990. Two phases. They called it juniors and seniors. I was commissioned in May of 1991. I reported for active duty at the basic school in Quantico, Virginia, October 8th of 1991. I completed that school in April of 1992, from which I reported to Pensacola, Florida, for aviation indoctrination flight training. Uh, after six weeks of Pensacola, I was transferred to Milton Field. That is in Whiting, Florida, about uh, 30 miles away, where I learned how to fly the T-34 uh, Turbo Mentor prop plane. Uh, from there, in May of 1993, I was assigned to uh, jet training in Meridian, Mississippi, where I underwent T-2 training beginning in May of 93. Uh, upon completion of that, I transferred to uh, VT-7, another squadron at Meridian, Mississippi, to fly the advanced A-4 uh, attack jet and I completed that program in December of 1994, from which I was ordered to Marine Corps Air Base Cherry Point, where I began my flight training in June of 1995, I believe it was. Uh, between January of 95 and June, I was on uh, what they called admin hold. 
And I reported every single day, there's a record of this, to VMAT203 uh, for desk duty, quite frankly. Uh, then uh, the, the training commenced, and I completed that uh, in May of 1996, from which I took 30 days off. Went to Europe, by the way. Had a great time. Also went to Africa while I was over, over while I was over there. I did. I went to. I took a ferry from Spain to uh, Morocco. You can do that. Anyway, I came back in June of '96 and drove cross country with my father. It was a great time. We drove from New York City to uh, Amarillo, Texas, in 36 hours without stopping, except for food. Uh, I remember it well. Uh, it's funny. We got into the car and we left at like five o'clock in the afternoon. We're going across country. Guess where we went? Guess guess what we did? Guess how we attacked America? We went to Staten Island and went to somebody's house for a party for two hours. <laughs> it was Phil Caruso, the then the late great Phil Caruso, who was the PBA chief. Remember him? Anyway, after the party, we get in the car, we drive across the damn country. Uh, at Amarillo, he's got to fly back because he's got to take an appointment as the Undersecretary of Treasury. But uh, at this point, he knows I can make it. I'm within two days of uh, Yuma. I spent a little bit too much time in Europe. Um, anyway, uh, I get to uh, Marine Corps Air Station Yuma, and from 1996 through March 1st of 2000, I am attached to Yuma Air Station. Now, I deploy around the world. I go to Iraq. I go to uh, uh, the Persian Gulf twice, actually, all over the place, and uh, had a great time. And also had some pretty dangerous times and weird times, but it's all accounted for. Kathy Barnett. What did she say about her military experience? I got accepted to Marine to Officer Candidacy School. That's it. And she was on active duty for 10 years. Well, what else, Kathy? I don't know. You don't know? You don't want to talk about it? Very odd. Did you like how I just summarized my entire military career? Was that obnoxious or did it make sense? Uh, let's see here. John is in Pennsylvania. Hi, John. Johnny. Yes, sir. Who is this? Hello, are you on the air? Yes. Is this Greg? Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah, I'm just calling. I'm from Pennsylvania. Um, I've known Kathy for four years. And? Heard a lot of her speeches. And? I had a lot of private conversations with her. And you like her? And I, yeah, I do. You think she belongs and to the? You, you think she belongs to the United States Senate? Sure do. John, I, I had I hate to uh, disagree with you, but my goodness gracious, can you do me a favor? Ask her, ask her a question for me. All these private conversations you had. Where the hell is her DD two fourteen? And number two, where was she an adjunct professor? Do you know where she was an adjunct professor? No, where? Okay, she, you don't know where she was an adjunct professor? No, so what? Uh, okay, here, here's the so what part, John. It is the major component of her resume. You look up, meet Kathy. The second thing it says is she's an adjunct professor of finance. Next question is where? What was her job in the military? She said she lost by 40 points. What was her? What was her I said 20 That's points. John, John, it was 20 points. John, t- John, you, I, I control the button here. So I got a very specific question for you john um what was her job in the military please i don't know and i don't all right john thank you goodbye john does not know anything about this person he's talked to for four years you notice that he's just a fanatic all right he's just been conned john you've been conned you've been conned by her you and your friends have been conned and if you go through with this 
If you vote for her and she wins, you deserve Fetterman because that's what you're going to get. And the reason why I'm not taking my foot off the gas is because this is bigger than Pennsylvania, my friend. This is a lot more important. All right? And quite frankly, the borders of our states and all this, like, this is our country. This is our country. Fascinating. This guy, who knows her so well, all these private conversations. You know what? Fine. You agree with her on all the issues. I agree with my neighbor on some of the issues. My neighbor ain't going to be in the United States Senate. Okay? You got to be realistic here. Who can win? Who has the resources? Who can beat Fetterman? And if you call me a liar again, you son of a bitch, you know what you can do? Goodbye, John. All right. Sorry about the B word, but uh, that's the way it goes. And I didn't say 40 points. I said 20 points. Speaking of liars, pal. Speaking of liars. Know what I mean? All right. Ben in Long Island. Hello. Hello, Greg. Sir. Yeah. Have you seen the uh, making of The Godfather yet? No. Uh, and I'm intrigued. I, I, I've seen it. I've seen the trailers and stuff. How is it? It's great. I saw the first four episodes. It's on. It's on Paramount Plus on on, T, on the cable network. Paramount Plus. There's ten episodes. Right. They're up to the fourth one. It comes out every Thursday, so you can probably scan the first four or five. And I also saw your uh, videos of the look the Godfather location. That was pretty cool, by the way. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot. So wait, you like this show? Oh yeah, I like it a lot. Yep. What, what's the big drama much. behind the scenes? Uh, the, Francis Ford Coppola, is he in the movie yet? You know, they wanted to fire him. They wanted to fire him oh, yeah. while they were making it. Hey, I know. I, you, I tell you, if you watch the series over here, if it's all true, it's pretty intriguing how they made this movie when they almost didn't make the movie. <laughs> That's so. pretty wild. That's pretty wild. Um, I'm What a masterpiece, huh? It's amazing. The guy who was making it thought he was going to get fired. It was the most miserable experience of his life. Francis Ford Coppola making the uh, making the Godfather movie. He lived in fear, but he was creating such beautiful art. Ben, thank you. I am going to check out that show. I am going to check out that show. I got people from Pennsylvania. They've been directed by the uh, the Never Trumpers to call. The Democrats desperately want to help um, uh, Kathy Barnett. They def- desperately want to uh, help her. Oh, by the way, oh by the way, I can't believe I forgot this. She's a bigot. She's an anti-Islamic, anti—she uh, hates gay people. She hates. She's full of hate. And she said some awful things about Trump as well. That was very interesting. Our friend uh, John from Pennsylvania just said Pennsylvania. Didn't even, didn't even say where he was, that he doesn't know anything about her. Find out, you know, when somebody says, I was in the military. Well, what'd you do in the military? I was a gunner. I ran the— I ran the mess hall. I was a pilot. I was, you know. Uh, hold on a second. Christine is in Middletown. Yes, hi. Mr. Kelly, good afternoon. How are you? I'm okay. Um, you brought up a Lori Lightfoot tweet yesterday. Yeah. About the calling the LGBTQ plus community to arms. Yeah. I, I got to tell you, that made my blood boil so bad. A, that she's inciting violence and getting away with it because the mainstream media will always cover for her and all the other Democrats in the world. And she does not speak for me as a trans woman on this at all. 
Can I ask you this? And look, I, she makes my blood boil, period. When liberals go around saying, you know, we must fight and this is a call to arms, I will tell you this. I'm not taking them literally. Now, I know that they take us literally, unfairly, because they're trying to trap us. When we say we must fight for Trump, you know, and that crap, they try to say we're insurrectionists and all that stuff. You know it's a lie, and you know they're playing word games. So as much as I disagree with her, and maybe, I, maybe I'm being uh, naive, maybe I'm being too easy on them, but I'm not going to call the cops because some, some fool like her said that. Do you know what I mean, Christine? I'm anxious to know. You know, I don't think she should be in trouble for saying that we could disagree, we could not like her, all those things. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try to get her kicked off at of Twitter. What do you think? I'm not going that far, but we have a lot of um, negative sentiment towards trans community now. And the, what really ticks me off is that people in our own community are from the left are instigating this and making our lives more difficult. Believe it or not, I'm all about wanting to bring all 340 million of us together somehow. And that's being undermined by our own alphabet soup community on the left. I hear you, buddy. I hear you loud and clear. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Christine. Thank you for listening. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm over. I'm a little bit late. I am. I got to go, but I shall return momentarily. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. They're trying to make it difficult for cops to do basic law enforcement functions. Basic law enforcement functions. Pulling over suspicious vehicles, that's a basic law enforcement function. Hey, you know what's a great way to um, get pulled over? Have tinted windows. You know, in most places, you can't have tinted windows. Uh, It's a safety problem. Uh, I think the big beef they have with safety windows, I mean, we like the privacy or people like the privacy or the shade or whatever. But thing is, um, if you got your windows tinted, it's harder to see out of the um, vehicle, and that could be a problem. And often people with tinted windows uh, want to, uh, well, they don't want people to see what's going on inside. So there's a bus in Georgia with tinted windows, and it might have been exceeding the speed limit. I'm not sure. So the Georgia State Troopers pull it over. Turns out it's a bunch of lacrosse players from the women's uh, team, at Delaware State University, I guess they were on a uh, a road trip, and they uh, got on board. And well, hey, come to think of it, when's the last time you saw somebody smoke a joint? Think, think for a moment. I've seen people do it on buses. In fact, I think I saw somebody do it on a bus in college. I would imagine that uh, marijuana smoking, and everybody seems to be doing it, right? So. The cops pull this bus over. Uh-oh, they've got trouble, though, because these are women of color. And you are not to pull them over. You are not to subject them to any kind. Hey, did the cops know the color of the female passengers of the bus with tinted windows before it was pulled over? I don't think so. I think that's kind of impossible. How could they have known? So you're, you're about to hear a very polite state trooper Explain the situation and what they're looking for and what's going on. Uh, Let's see here. This is Liberty County, Georgia. Listen to this. This is the state trooper. He's on the bus talking to the female players of the lacrosse team from Delaware State University, a school that Joe Biden once lied about, saying that he got his start there in the civil rights movement. He never was in the civil rights movement. But anyway, cut 49, please. 
Ladies, we don't single anybody out. Um, and I'll explain, this is our job, this is what we do. Okay, every day we get out here, we stop commercial vehicles, okay? Believe it or not, the majority of the drugs and large amounts of money, trafficking children, trafficking anything up and down these interstates, that's what we look for, okay? And today we're not saying that you guys, that it's even happening here, but however, this is how we start an investigation, okay? Um, most of the time, most of the time, it turns out to be nothing. All right. Guy's explaining himself. Sounded reasonable to me. Well, no, not reasonable at all, because you know about the optics, the way things look. You know the, what the officer had going against him. White. White police officer. White sheriff. Oh, my goodness. And did you hear his accent? A little bit southern, right? That's another big strike against him. And the women from Delaware State University, I guess most of them were uh, black. Uh, and uh, the optics are such that. So a fairly routine, uneventful traffic stop, and nobody got arrested, by the way. They just went along their way, becomes national news. Oh, yes, national news. And listen to the crew over there, the fake news crew at CBS News. The morning show, which totally stinks, by the way. There must be something in the water over there. It's been in third place since 1957. I mean, it's just the worst show in the world. And this is part of the reason, because they have no connection to the real world. So listen to this hideously biased, unfair conversation led by Gail King. And everybody there is trying to outwoke Gail King. They're all trying to, oh, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. I agree, I agree. Especially, quite frankly, uh, let's see here. Well, let me listen to this. Uh, Next cut, please. That's just so wrong on so many levels. And at the end, the officer says, enjoy the rest of your day. When you've just been stopped and just questioned yeah, and humiliated that, that way, so, so, they were all very cooperative. They were all very, were cooperative very cooperative because yeah. uh, they, they believe that, you know, as the coach of the team, Ms. Jenkins said, that uh, things could have gone wrongly. Yes, very yeah. quickly. They had not uh, been very as quickly. cooperative as they were. In the long uh, list of, of people who should be upset about this, the people of Georgia should be upset because your, your officers have better things to do. What are yes. they doing on that and To bus? say thank you, have a nice day. How about you end it with I apologize for wasting your time? <laughs> wow. Um, that's pretty hideous, isn't it? That's pretty hideous. And you know what? At this point, I think it's time to say that I think that conversation was unrepresentative. Uh, I noticed that um, since race is uh, everything now, let's see, there's one, two, three, four people participating in that conversation. Gail King, some guy named Vladimir. Some guy named, um, uh, what the hell's his name? Nate. And another guy named Tony. 75%, if I want to do the math, are black, 25% white. I could, I could have all kinds of problems with the representation in that conversation, I suppose, given the moment we are in, right? Given this moment. Can I hear again, Gail King, how many levels is that wrong on? How many? So that's Sorry. just so wrong on so many levels. And yeah, at like the end, what? the officer says, enjoy the rest of your day when you've just been stopped and just questioned yeah, and humiliated that, that way. So, so, they were all very cooperative. They were all very cooperative, very cooperative because yeah. uh, they, they believe that you know, as the coach of the team, Ms. Jenkins said, that uh, things could have gone 
wrongly. Yes, very yeah. quickly. They have wrongly. not uh, been very as quickly. cooperative as they were. Sure. In the uh, long list of, of people who should be upset about this, the people of Georgia should be upset because your, your officers have better things to do. What are yes. they doing on that and To bus? say thank you, have a nice day. How about you end it with I apologize for wasting your time? <laughs> um, yeah, very, very reasonable. People of Georgia should be upset. Thanks for nothing, Gail King. Be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Everybody has Friday fever around here, and it is only Thursday, correct? It is Thursday. Are you feeling it, too? You seem a little sleepy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Were you at the thing last night? Yeah, I was. And uh, it was very nice. Joe Piscopo sang. I was at a great big restaurant, and I had uh, chicken parmesan. What did you have, Kevin? The chicken parmesan as well. And uh, it was great. It was at the, what is the name of the place? The Empire Steakhouse on 40, on 50th, on 50th, right? Correct. And uh, it was a beautiful time. Lots of singing. And uh, John and Margot, thank you very much. You know, man, oh man, oh man. You know, in life, you got to make your own fun. You know, you got to make your own fun. Too many of us sit back and like, you know, well, someone's got to pat us on the back. Somebody's got to do something for us. Somebody's got to make it happen. Well, we got to make it happen for ourselves. You got to make your own fun. And I think... John Katsimatidis, God bless him, gets up every day and makes fun and also provides work for a lot of people from Christidis to, I don't know, copper mills somewhere and airlines. He's got he's got a lot of things going on and he finds time to make fun parties, celebrating things, somebody's birthday. We do well in the ratings. I don't know. Armenian Day. You name it. We're doing it. And that's right. And, you know, we don't we don't all have the resources to pull this off, but we can still make some fun. Uh, what's the last time the spontaneous thing, you know what I like to do when I'm down in the dumps, a prank phone call. <laughs> Nobody does those anymore, but, uh, with a little bit of planning and a little bit of strategery, you can have a lot of fun with the phone. I don't, nobody gets hurt. Okay. We don't, uh, I usually do it to somebody I know and, uh, well, nobody gets hurt except feelings. Sometimes you hurt me. Yeah. Um, what else? You can do things that are more wholesome. We threw somebody a mini birthday party the other day. Who knows? You know, just have some fun. Make it happen. Don't wait. Or it doesn't even have to be a big production. Get out of yourself. Go over to somebody else. See how they're doing. How are you doing? We're all me, myself, and I. You know? Me, myself, and I. Me, 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 me. My woes. My woes. Well, if you start thinking about other people's woes, number one, it makes your woes not seem not too uh, big anymore. Uh, number two, it feels great to help somebody. Number three, you can learn some, something from that other guy or girl, whatever. You know what I mean? I hope so. Uh, let's see. Oh, the other hour I was going into, what did the fake news say? They were going on and on and on about how Joe Biden is, uh, Joe Biden is, um, it's so unfair. It's so, not even is it unfair. It's absurd Absurd is the word they use for us to raise questions about Joe Biden's mental acuity. Can you believe that? Absurd. He really says the word absurd? Yeah, he does. Listen to this. Cut 40. This is from the Morning Swamp Show with Joe and his lover Mika. But this is Jonathan Lemire, the guy who always looks like he's getting over a cold. Cut 40. And the attack, the hypocrisy here of attacking President Biden uh, for, you know, his cognitive, alleged cognitive issues. I mean, it is it's absurd. How is it absurd? Excuse me? Kleptocracy? He almost fall down the, fell down the stairs? Well, actually, he didn't really fall down the stairs this time. But last spring, he really took a horrible tumble. 
and nobody mentioned it. It was covered up. The guy's got problems. But no, 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 they say. Our guy doesn't have problems. Your guy has problems. Trump, cut 42. And certainly he has never uh, humiliated himself on the public stage like President Trump did when he was in office repeatedly. Oh, yeah? Number one, I don't agree with you about President Trump, okay? It was bold leadership. He did himself and this country proud. Now, you want to talk about humiliation. You want to talk about humiliating yourself. How about getting caught in lie after lie after lie, proudly boasting. You don't think a camera's running, but one is. This is in 1987. Hotshot Joe Biden thinks he can be president of the United States. Right. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan, 40th president of the United States. And he's going to hand it off to Joe Biden, senator from a nowhere state, 44 years old at the time. Are you kidding me? And listen to this. Listen to how he rolls with the punches. Questions were already being raised about his academic record. Now, literally, it's about it's about 50 seconds long, I think. Literally everything Joe Biden is about to say is a lie, is totally untrue. And he will get caught. But here we go. Cut 43. What law school did you attend, and where did you place in that class? And the other question oh, is, could you quickly... I, I think, we I, I, think I probably Reagan. have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. <laughs> I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my, in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only need 123 credits, and I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. Nope, none of it was true. None of it. None of it. Hey, by the way, when the guy asked the question, where, where did you place in law school? And somebody yells out in the background, who cares? Like, you know, we just care about the issue. Who cares? This is a matter of integrity. And I noticed that John from Pennsylvania, who claims to know Kathy Barnett very well, known her for four years, has had numerous conversations. I say, what was her job in the military? He says, who cares? I say, where was she an adjunct professor? He says, who cares? Well, I do. People do. It's called resume inflation, by the way. (laughs) Resume padding. And uh, it's also known as lying. Now, she is marketing herself as a military veteran, adjunct professor, finance expert. None of it. She won't provide any of the details. Something's wrong. But back to Joe Biden. Everything he just said was a lie. And here's the the then not-so-fake news Calling him out on all of it. Let me see. Where is this thing? Uh, where is the? Uh, oh, here we go. Yeah, this is great. Uh, God, even Sam Donaldson gets in on the act. You'll hear his voice here. Cut 44. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, 
and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. Wow. And shortly after that, he had to drop out of the race, but he thought he could talk his way out of it. Joe's not a good talker. That's the thing. He's a good yeller, though. He's a really good yeller. We have him yelling yesterday. Where was he yelling yesterday? Where was he yelling his head off yesterday? We have him yelling. Oh, here we go. Cut 36. Listen to this nonsense. Remember those long lines you'd see on television? People lining up in all kinds of vehicles just to get a box of food in their trunk. How quickly we forget people were hurting. And what did the MAGA crowd want to do? Forget it. Forget it. God, this is the United States of America. The idea that people would have to wait in line an hour, hour and a half to get a box of food in their trunk. It's just unbelievable. Why the hell are you blaming MAGA? <laughs> what are you blaming? This is the guy who said with all of his heart, with all of his soul, he was going to unite the country. Well, about half of us are MAGA. All right? Half of us are with Trump. And you're saying crazy, nonsensical, angry things like this. I think I'm right. I think he has no soul. There's something really, really wrong here. All right. So back to where he says he can, uh, he thinks he can talk his way out of this thing. And again, the fake news is giving him a hard time. Not so fake back in 1987. Cut 45, please. Do you feel you're able to control, to put in the vernacular of your mouth, that you can think before you talk? Well, I've been in this business for 15 years. Um, And uh, I I let my record of 15 years versus the transgression that you're referring to uh, stand. And you you all can make that judgment. I feel very capable of... uh, using my mouth in sync with my mind. <laughs> what a question, too. Did you hear what he said? Do you think you can control your thoughts? Can you connect your mouth with your mind? He makes the weirdest face when he's answering the question. He looks like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. It's really, really weird. Now, this part, though, he's right. i got to give him points for honesty. I'm going to give Joe Biden points for honesty on this. Uh, same press conference, cut 46. But I've learned one thing since I've decided to run for president. And I assume one thing. Everything about me, everything about me is going to come out in the public record. And I've done some dumb things. And I'll do dumb things again. Oh, yes, you will. Oh, yes, you will. Cut 36 one more time. Remember? You back guy suck. You know what I mean. All right, enough of that, enough of that, enough of that. Is there one more? No, no. We got a problem. We have a big, big, big problem. How are we going to fix it? I just know this. It's not going to last. It's not going to last. Hey, one more thing about Kathy Barnett. Kathy Barnett. Tonight I will show you how she plays the race card, how she tries to shame white people for being white. It really is amazing. And she goes right. She goes out there. And who is that congresswoman from Los Angeles? You get in their faces. You get in their faces and tell them off. She pulls one of those things. What's her name again? What did I call her? Barbara Walters? I called her Barbara Walters. Maxine Walters. Yeah, her. Waters. Did I call her something? I said what? What did I say? Maxine Waters. Oh, 
I don't think that was a newsflash, quite frankly. We got the gist of it. Walters, Waters, the crazy lady from Los Angeles. And get in their faces. She pulled one of those. I've got it tonight. I think you're going to like it. All right, but let me see here. Uh, again, this is Kathy Barnett, who is doing okay in the polls. But let me tell you something. Come on, Pennsylvania. She can't hack it. She can't hack it. You won't tell us where your hometown is. You won't tell us what your job in the military was. You can't tell us where you were an adjunct professor. You can't tell us what corporations you worked for. You can't tell us what your job is. You make up a phony baloney story that you got married and had to leave OCS so you could have children, and your kids weren't born until years later. It's not adding up. And you know what? It's the fake news' fault. They should have vetted her. And they should be vetting her right now. In part. In part. Can't blame it all on the fake news. Wait, where is she here? Oh, here she is. Here she is. Right after George Floyd died, she wanted to honor George Floyd, career criminal who once held a knife at a pregnant woman's belly, threatening her to um, give up the drugs and the money or else he'd cut her. All right. George Floyd. Got to honor George Floyd and march in the streets. Right. Remember how well that worked out for everybody? Cut 52. I, like you, wanted to make sure that these police officers Received that George Floyd received justice and that these four police officers did not get a tap on the wrist, right? I wanted that just like everyone else in this nation. And I can say for a strong certainty that I would have been out there right along beside each and every one of you who were protesting in, um, in, in, in Minneapolis. I would have been right there, lock arm and ready to have my voice heard, to make sure that those who were that those who are in power recognize that we are watching them and we are and what our expectations are. I would have been right there. Right there, huh? Fabulous, fabulous. Knock yourself out, Kathy. You, Mitt Romney, Adam Kinzinger, maybe even Liz Cheney. You can all lock arms with them and march up and down the streets for Black Lives Matter. The crazy socialist, anti-family, anti-God group. Knock yourself out. We know who you are. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. As Thelma said to Norton and the Honeymooners, what do you want? Remember that? Anybody love the Honeymooners as much as I do? When they hire a maid, Thelma... Hmm, some guest and some host, the simp and the blimp. (laughs) Larry from Bayside, yes, sir. Another thing that I think you're missing. All right, Larry, thanks. I'm not interested. Uh, Let's see here. Sonny from Staten Island, what's up? Yeah, how you doing, Greg? Uh, First of all, Semperfy, and I thank you for your service. I have to say you had a very commendable resume over there you see sonny you got it right you know you say hello he says thank you he gives me a compliment now he can say whatever he wants he can insult me he can say he's got latitude uh larry from bayside says and another thing you got wrong and i know where he's going with this he's another kathy barnett freak he's another guy who got conned by kathy barnett he's another forgive me there is a little bit of this going on a little bit of it going on you know people People who are not racist, which is most people, right, when they're accused of being racist, you know, they want to do things that show clearly, conspicuously they're not racist, okay? And supporting, they think, somebody like Kathy Barnett, ooh, you see how you see how enlightened I am? No, they're not. They're putting down their 
evaluative skills. All right, you've got to you've got to vet her like you vet anybody else. George W. Bush called it the bigotry of uh, soft expectations. But you know what, Sonny, I'm sorry to take your time. Proceed as you were. Thank you, sir. I, I see you have the epitome of common sense, but I have one thing to pick about you. Oh, well, that- you, okay. I, 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 hey, look, I gave you – you did the right thing. You, you were nice, and you, you, you warmed up to it, so I'm ready. All right, let me have it. All right. All right, I'm going to let you have it. Why would you go into Marine Corps and land on a small, small – uh, runway as, as an aircraft carrier where you can go in the Air Force and have like, I don't know, what they have like 10,000 feet of runway. <laughs> it's a lot easier. <laughs> right? Uh, thank you. Thank you. This is, uh, this is, you give me an opportunity to humble brag. Thank you very much. Yeah, the Air Force. Oh, boy, did they have it made. Somebody told me the key to the Air Force. You know what they do when they make an Air Force base? They do everything. They build the pool first. They build the officers club first. They build the gymnasium first. Then they run out of money and they, that oh, we haven't built the runway yet. So then they built the runway. So they have all this deluxe facilities. You go to a marine base. We got a tent, and uh, you know, and a coffee machine. I mean, that's it. It's it's not that bad. But anyway, uh, that's good. The Thanks, marine pal. Corps. I had a small deal with the marine corps when I went to Quantico. I went to NCIS school. I was one of the first enlisted NCIS investigators in the United States. And um, but um, you know, I enjoyed. It. They sent me to Europe, and uh, I had a great time down there. But of course, I was doing Vietnam, which I worked my ass off over there in Okinawa, 24 hours, seven days a week. But, um, but you know, going back to Joe Biden, you know, everybody says, you know, he's incompetent and uh, he's got dementia. And, and I agree with all that. But the worst part of all this is that the man is a crook. And he comes from a family of crooks. And, and now his son, you know, the FBI is sitting on the... Uh, on the laptop, it's disgraceful. I, I've worked with the FBI uh, on several occasions, and I, I, you know, listen, I found them to be very upstanding, very professional. Who? Wait, who's now, professional? Uh, who's professional? The, the FBI. Oh, uh, well, when were you associating with them? When, when I worked for NCIS, we usually work with other other agencies. Uh, yeah, I know, on, but when? When was assignments. this? When? Oh, oh, that was back in, uh, I would say, two thousand and five. Yeah, look, there are FBI guys who are good, but uh, they've lost their way in big part because of the leadership. James Comey was a total disaster, and I hear that Chris Ray, in some ways, even worse. Anyway, Sonny, I got to move in a moment. Final thoughts? Okay, it was a pleasure talking to you. Hey, buddy, thank you. And it's time. It is time. Oh, oh I just shouldn't have rushed you off the phone. You're such a nice guy. Well, that's, oh, you're still there, Sonny. Um, oh, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you? Uh, I'm curious. Uh, what do you do in Staten Island? And actually, before I ask you that. Yeah. Sonny is your name. I mean, what is I? I right. every now and then I meet a guy named Sonny. What is that? I mean, what is that? What is that? What are you? What is it short well, for? Uh, I, I I was uh, I was in a band years ago, and they said that uh, it was better than Psy, You know, so they they made it a Sonny. It was it was more easy to uh, I don't know. It fits a band at the time. I was in a Beatles band many years ago in the sixties. What did you play? And uh, that's uh, I played some guitar. Mm. Um, out of the Beatles band, Rolling Stones, you know, all that. All you that sound a lot stuff. younger so, than you were doing this in the '60s. You sound like uh, you sound younger than that. Um, I'm 70 years old now, but I'm a retired court officer in the state of New York, and I worked as a deputy marshal part time. Um, I handled a lot, of, a lot of mob guys in my day, top notch mob guys. But uh, I worked in customs, immigration. I played the field on the law enforcement front. Uh, 
But now, uh, you know, I'm taking it easy now. Um, I'm starting to write a book, and uh, that's where I'm going with all this. Well, good for you. But, uh, uh, by the way, people yeah. don't realize this. We lost, I believe, uh, at least three court officers on September 11, 2001, killed in the attacks. And uh, no one ever mentions that, but um, and I think uh, several more due to 9/11 related illnesses. So, uh, Sonny, thank you very much. Oh, but your real name is Cy, like Cyrus. Is that what it is? Cy, just keep it as Cy. All right, we'll leave it. Okay. Hey, thank you, Sonny, very much. Oops, uh, I went too long. Now I've gone too long. I'll be right back. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. I just heard uh, Mike Dettino, who works uh, here, and he does some great sports podcasts. Did he just say that Robinson Cano, who's going to be on the Mets, was on the Yankees, right? Is making $27 million? Is it $27 million? The reason why I've lost all interest in sports. All interest. I... I, I, I Keep the money. I, whatever. Have, I, I, I need no part of it. None. I don't like it. It was always boring, and it's gotten worse. Let's face it. Can't believe I was such a schmuck. I used to cry when the Yankees lost. Granted, I was 12, but I did. I was a little bit too old for that. Then I got a great talking to, and uh, I snapped out of it. I, 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 no, $27 million. And then somebody's saying, they're all saying, oh, I got a Robinson Cano jersey. Oh, I got a Robinson Cano shirt. That I never understood, even when I was a baseball fan. You're going to put some man's name on your back. What are we supposed to do? Are we supposed to think that you're Derek Jeter? Are we supposed to think that you're Robinson Cano? Okay, I, Robinson Cano does not care about you or your problems. I always notice this as a kid, actually, also. And to this day, baseball players in particular, they seem to be oblivious to the fans. They come out of the dugout, they take their positions, and then they go back in the dugout. It's like a huge thrill when they take off their hat and say, you know, acknowledge the crowd. And the only one I can ever remember doing that, quite frankly, is Reggie Jackson after the third home run. <laughs> that was pretty cool. Oh, and by the way, you know what's pretty cool, too? The Bronx is Burning, a pretty cool uh, miniseries based on the book by uh, some guy who I forgot. Anyway, uh, one more thing I want to consider. The more I think about it, the more outrageous it is. We are trying to um, create a situation where police will not be able to enforce the law or they'll have to think about it. They'll have to think about who gets the law enforced on them. For instance, people of color are going to get uh, a wide berth to do anything they want. So a bus was pulled over in Georgia. Who cares, right? Tinted windows, 
The Georgia State Trooper pulls the bus over. Turns out it's the Delaware State University lacrosse team women's division. And they're all on board, and the cops are uh, looking for drugs because there have been complaints or whatever. He didn't pull them over because, and they all happen to be black, or most of them. So the cop tries to explain the situation. You want to hear this? Of course. You know, everything that's done now is recorded, right, including this. I don't know if this was body cam footage or somebody was running the running their iPhone. I think it was iPhone footage. Cut uh, 49, please. Ladies, we don't single anybody out. Um, and I'll explain. This is our job. This is what we do. Okay? Every day we get out here, we stop commercial vehicles. Okay? Believe it or not, the majority of the drugs and large amounts of money Trafficking children, trafficking anything up and down these interstates, that's what we look for, okay? And today we're not saying that you guys, that it's even happening here, but however, this is how we start an investigation, okay? Um, Most of the time, most of the time it turns out to be nothing. Okay, they got to do their job, right? I've gotten pulled over. I've I've gotten tickets before. People like you've gotten a, yes, I have. Plenty. Plenty. I once had my license suspended, quite frankly, for driving too fast. That's a story, by the way. But I did. Anyway, uh, this guy explains himself. Uh, You know, I keep hearing about the iron pipeline, right? Eric Adams and the gun situation. You know, they're always talking about the iron pipeline and all those guns coming up from the south. Well, here they are trying to check it out. And this becomes a national story. This routine traffic stop. So that clip you just heard there. It was part of a CBS News report because they got to get to the bottom of this because some uh, lacrosse team from Delaware State University is offended. They're offended. So listen to Gail King and the hideously one-sided conversation. Uh, cut 50, please. And that's Sorry. just so wrong on so many levels. And at the end, the officer says, enjoy the rest of your day when you've just been stopped and just questioned and humiliated that that way. They were all very cooperative. They were all very cooperative cooperative because uh, they they believe that, as the coach of the team, Ms. Jenkins said, that uh, things could have gone wrongly. Very quickly. They had not uh, been as cooperative as they were. In the long list of of people who should be upset about this, the people of Georgia should be upset because your your officers have better things to do. What are they doing on that bus? To say thank you, have a nice day. How about you end it with I apologize for wasting your time? By the way, uh, four people agreeing with each other on television like that when it's just chit-chat is boring and bad television. All right? It's just like, and they're all waiting in line to agree with uh, Gail. And oh, by the way, uh, Tony, the guy who says all of Georgia should be upset, he's just trying to find new and creative ways to agree with Gail. I think there's uh, some virtue signaling going on here, right? Especially as the sole white man at the table, I think he has to say something particularly. He's, he particularly gets it. Now, I also have a theory, by the way. That conversation, as stilted and one-sided as it was, wasn't aimed at the audience. No, 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 no. They're much shrewder than that. It was aimed at their managers, at other people who work at CBS. Don't mess with us. Do not mess with us. Race has been used as an issue to enhance the power and status of so many people in the media. It's a really cynical game that's taking place. 
Folks are pretending to represent the values of the audience and work for the audience. No. So many are just working for themselves. Bonnie actually wants to say something about... Hey, before I have you say this, before you say weigh in on Gail King, hey, Bonnie, how are you? Hey, Greg, love your show. Yeah, I have a story about Gail King. All right, before you um, do, before you do, I do want to say this. Um, Gail was, at one point, one of the finest broadcasters in the land. I'm serious. She knew, before the culture just came off the train tracks, she knew how to interview one of the best interviewers in the country. She knew how to manage a conversation. She knew how to manage the energy of a moment. Uh, I've seen her do it on television. I've seen her do it at events. But then everything went crazy, and so did she. And now I think she's absolutely the pits when it comes to broadcasting. But anyway, Bonnie, what's up? Yes, Greg, you're absolutely right about all those things, but she's so full of herself. About 15 years ago, I had a part-time job at Williams-Sonoma, Columbus Circle, and she came in looking for a blender on a Saturday afternoon. She had just rolled out of bed. She looked like death warmed over oh. without her professional makeup job. But anyway, she wanted a blender, and we only carried top-of-the-line appliances. So I'm showing her a Breville blender that at that time was $125. And she looked at me. All right, hold on a second. Bonnie, you know all of these details. This is from 2005. This is 17 years ago. All right. I mean, at this point in the story. All right, what did she do? So, anyway, she looked at me, and I'm short and she's tall, and she looked down in a very condescending manner at me, and she said, Are you crazy? Are you out of your mind? Why would I pay you $125 for a blender? And I said, well, first of all, I'm not crazy and I'm not out of my mind, at least not the last time I checked. I said, but it's top of the line, I said, and it's a fabulous blender. All right, Bonnie, and- but I mean, you know, look, it's not the craziest thing I ever heard. 120 bucks for a blender 17 years ago. I might have said, are you crazy? Where are the cheapo? Give me a cheap blender. They- Wonderful. So she looked and she. I said to her, I have no control over what the company charges for the appliances. I said, they are top of the line. Yeah. I said, but let me tell you, I said, if you're looking for a $20 blender, I said, you can try Kmart at Esther Place. And with that, I turned around and I walked away and I dismissed her. Uh-oh. Because the shop was full of people, other clerks. Customers. All right, Bonnie, she Bonnie, Bonnie, me. relax. Hold on a second. Now, I just want to throw this out there. Is it possible that you had a bit of a chip on your shoulder? You know what I mean? Like, you know, oh, it's Gail King or whatever. Like, you know, maybe you didn't like her or, you know, and quite frankly, I've been to plenty of stores and only one clerk in about 10 are nice these days. It might have been better in 2005, but I'm just wondering, Bonnie, come on. You sound like, you know, she said, are you crazy? I could have said that. Are you crazy? Yeah, well, you know, she she doesn't she doesn't watch her mouth when she wants to humiliate and embarrass someone. Bonnie, so come on, wait, Bonnie, Bonnie, calm down. Now she didn't humiliate you. Come on, she just said, "Are you crazy?" One hundred and twenty bucks. Come on, that's not humiliating. She didn't. <laughs> hey, well, I felt you know, and not only that, no, you felt it though, and I think you have. Look, like, Bonnie, Bonnie, you had a little bit of attitude. What did De Niro say in Goodfellas? You were a little bit out of order yourself. Come on, just a little bit, Gail. I mean, uh, Bonnie, a little bit. Come on. Retail. Yes, you I have. have. I no worked in Bloomingdale. Are you kidding me? I worked at Bloomingdale's. I worked in the. I worked in the stationery <laughs> well, department. Know. I worked in sportswear, and uh, I always like to be very nice. Uh, but uh, I tried to be, or whatever. But there were some customers. Can you believe it? There were customers who didn't like me. I got reported to the manager a whole bunch of times. 
Well, I never got reported to the manager, and I oh, had come many, on. many letters of recommendation, and that is not something that I would have ever treated another customer with. But when she had an attitude, I wasn't going to deal with it. Bonnie, I just you got to deal with all types of people. They're the customer. I'm not saying the customer is always right, although some people say that. I'm just saying that you know she didn't want to spend 120 bucks for a blender. Are you crazy? A blender? I mean, and then you just turned and walked away. I I don't know. I don't know, Bonnie. I don't know about this one. The point is, do you really think that that um, state trooper humiliated and embarrassed those? Ah, yes. No, 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 no. On that, we're on total agreement with. We're in total and complete agreement. This conversation, and you want to hear it again because it's just such a doozy. I mean, and these four people in New York, that poor guy, he makes... $40,000 $40,000 a year, the trooper down there, he's, it's a dangerous job pulling things over on the highway, and they're sitting back and critiquing every single thing he does. Play that again. And that's just so wrong on so many levels. And at the end, the officer says, enjoy the rest of your day when you've just been stopped and just questioned yeah, how and humiliated that way. They always say that. They were all very cooperative. They were all very cooperative because uh, they, they believe that, you know, as the coach of the team, Ms. Jenkins said, that uh, things could have gone Wrongly, yes, very yeah. they had not uh, been very as quickly. cooperative as they were. In the long uh, list of, of people who should be upset about this, the people of Georgia should be upset because your your officers have better things to do. What are yes. they doing on that? And to bus? say thank you, have a nice day. How about you end it with I apologize for wasting your time. Wow, easy there, Nate. Nate is the guy who wears uh, uh, short pants with a suit. He's got a suit that actually has short pants. Very strange guy. And Vladimir always wears three piece suits. Another uh, odd uh, arrangement. All right, listen, Gail. I mean, uh, Bonnie. Uh, you know, I love the cops, and he was just doing his job. I agree. I agree. Humiliation. It wasn't. He didn't hum- care who she humiliated. Well, I don't, I, I don't want to go back to 2005. You weren't humiliated. You can't. It wasn't humiliation. She asked you a question. Come on. All right. We're not going to agree on that. I think you might just have a little, you know, I don't know. I think uh, maybe you're, you know, with everything we know now, is it possibly you resent her a little bit? No, I don't resent her. I don't resent anybody who makes a lot of money and makes something of themselves. But you don't go out there thinking you're God's gift to the nation. I know, but she did it when she just told you the blender was too much money. Hey, by the way, William Sonoma, uh, what was it like working there? It sounds like you were a career person there. How long did you work there? Only part-time after I took early retirement. I was 59 at the time, and I took early retirement, and then I got so bored being home with thing to do, I decided to take a Christmas job working part-time with William oh, Sonoma. Okay, I got it. I got it. Hold on. Wow. Uh, you are a very thorough person. Now, let me ask you something. Are you from, uh, where did you, where were you born? Ah, uh, you'll never guess. You will never guess. Nobody All right. Well, ever gets n- number it. one, number one, I do have a feeling uh, you were born overseas. Am I right? Yes. All right. Yes, yes. I want to say that you were born in Europe. Am I right? No. Oh, shoot. Uh, <laughs> were you born in, uh... I'm going to say something else. Were you born in South Africa? Nope. Shoot. Uh, South America? Nope. Well, let's see. Uh, what other continents are there? Uh, Asia? <laughs> no. I'm not going to tease you any longer because I know you have other calls. Where? Waiting. I was born and raised in the Bahamas, and I emigrated to New York 50 years ago. But you're trying to tell me I still have an accent? No, I don't. I have, I'm an island girl. I'm a Manhattan island girl. I'm not, not from down there anymore. No, 50 no. years I in mean, New York? Uh, look, we've been talking for several minutes. Just a slight, slight hint uh, in a very beautiful voice. I like it. It makes you, I mean, I, I like to know where everybody's from, by the way. But just a slight hint of an accent. It's beautiful, by the way. Well, 
you know, I, I went to school with the Sisters of Charity, American nuns, until I was 12 years old. And then I went to a British <laughs> private high school with English teachers. And so it's a little bit of everything, I think, hey, in there. Hey, uh, did you ever meet uh, uh, Sidney Poitier? Many, many times. When I first started out with the airlines in Nassau with uh, Pan Am and Eastern Airlines, I checked him in many times. And after the first time I checked him in, he would always get in my line at the ticket counter to check in with me. And what a joy, what a sweet, gracious man, full, full of wonderful, wonderful memories of him. And he was so humble and would always say, oh, can you please take care of me? We would offer to put him in the departure lounge, in the VIP All lounge. Right, wow. No, he never wanted to be upgraded. He never wanted any special services. Hey, Bonnie, and, guess what? Yeah. I want to upgrade you. All right? <laughs> I do, I do, I do, I do. I actually want to talk to you mm-hmm. offline. I want to direct our people there. I, I, would like to, I would like to have another conversation with you. I'd like to interview you about your life. Is that all right? All right, all right. We're going to make the arrangements. Nothing better to do. I have I have a podcast and uh, which people can find, and I like to talk to people from time to time. And uh, let's go ahead and arrange that. All right, you guys, make sure that happened. Bonnie, I'll talk to you again. You guys get that information. You You bet, you bet. And I will be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, the problem is we have fresh bananas down at the cafeteria. I cannot resist bananas, especially if they're ripe, ripe and perfect and uh, big. So I know that. Shut up. But I just it's my favorite food. And um, it's kind of amazing. All right. Uh, sorry about the – hey, Bonnie, thank you very much. I find – I just find people fascinating. I really do. I think we went through everything we want to say about Joe Biden, right? We're done with him. Kathy Barnett, what else? Uh, what else? Oh, there's one other thing about Kathy Barnett. Again, the Republican running for senator in Pennsylvania. She's a great big scammer. Uh, no record whatsoever. Um, if you guys make the mistake of giving her the nomination, she's going to lose spectacularly. She is the Democrats' dream candidate. It is their dream that the Republicans are so foolish as to pick Kathy Barnett um, instead of somebody like, say, Dr. Oz, a world-class expert. Everybody knows him. He's the best. He's great. He's got the intellect for the job. He's got. He's ready. He's ready. But Kathy Barnett, not so much. And here's here she is. Doing the whole Bill de Blasio thing. You know, my son's a, my son is, uh, he's tall and black, and therefore he's a marked man when it comes to law enforcement. Right. This became very fashionable to say, especially after Bill de Blasio conned his way into uh, Gracie Mansion with this kind of crap. Cut 51. I am a black woman, as you can clearly see, married to a black man, and I have a black son. Racism... Systemic racism is very important to me. It's a very important topic to me. My baby, he's 14 years old, almost six feet tall. Um, I want him to be able to walk into a world that is safe. I want him to be able to drive wherever he wants to drive and to live his best life. (laughs) If he makes a mistake, It is my prayer that people will give him grace, (laughs) 
that he will meet if he makes a mistake where he runs into the justice system. I pray that people will do the right thing. Wow. That's systemic racism. You can't trust the justice system, right? Because they'll just see a black man and they'll start blasting. Is that what you're worried about, Kathy? They'll see him and they'll just start. Right. That's what uh, that's the fly that Bill de Blasio. Hey, sometimes it works. And we got the worst mayor imaginable until, by the way, Eric Adams showed up. I didn't think you could get worse than Bill de Blasio. Yes, you can. And we're going through that now. All right. Some folks have been on hold for a long time, and I got to go soon. So let's do Geraldine in uh, Pittstown, New Jersey. Yes. Simplify. I'm calling. Um, I just want to let you know a little bit about my husband. I don't think he – he's passed. He passed four years ago. And if he was alive today, I would not want to hear his mouth. He was in the 193rd Marine Division. He was in the Tet Offensive. And he is known as the Walking Dead. And he was a radio operator that used to call in the strikes right up the gook's butt. Oh, would boy. Say, but he used a different word. I hope so. And you too, by the way. also a 12-day <laughs> wonder. All right. So, yes, that's great. Great service. Proud to serve. Uh, careful with the language, Geraldine. Uh, so I didn't want to say that kind of thing, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Years old. <laughs> All right. So what's the what's the bottom line? The bottom line is when anybody tells me that, oh, how, how can you go for Trump and this and that? I said, you know what, girls? I said, he's a man. You ever watch the movie 300? We should have a King Leonidas running this country. I did see that movie. Man, oh, man, those guys were built, too, right? Where are the men today? There are no men today. Hey! Dead or married. How about me? Oh, wait, dead or married? Is that what you said? Yes. Yes. Oh, you mean single and men? <laughs> And as far as the FBI goes, back in my day, which I was born 1950, so I'm 71, the FBI were called fat, bald, and ignorant. Oh, jeez. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, thank you, Geraldine. Quite there a pistol go, there. Thank you. Listen, I got to take I got to take two more. Uh, I am curious what a- Anthony just called in. Anthony, what is it? Hey, how you doing, Greg? Good. I just wanted to comment about what you were just saying. That uh, if if she raises a good son, then she has nothing to worry about him being mistreated by the police. I agree. I mean, it's just, it's such a farce. It's ridiculous. The way they besmirched law enforcement. Anthony, thank you. But Susan's been on hold even longer. Hello, Susan. Oh, Greg, this is a godsend that you're letting me get on. There's something very insidious that um, is likely to happen if we don't have a big public outcry. What? Um, uh, Well... Uh, this website, interestofjustice.org, the, the, in um, May 22nd to 28th, the World Health Assembly is having a meeting in Geneva, Switzerland, where there's going to be a vote. Um, uh, this, there's a, an amendment on the table, and our country is part of it, um, that will give the World Health Organization um, be able to declare a health emergency in our country, if our um, delegate from the Human Health Services votes for this, we will be our sovereignty will be our health sovereignty will be given over to the World Health Organization, and that that will give them the ability to um, all right declare a health emergency okay. without even consulting us. All right, I I got most of that. What's the website we should look at? Interest 
Justice.org. We have tw- we have till eight a.m. tomorrow to put our comments in. Okay, okay. Interestofjustice.org, right? Yes. All right. This is not some QAnon stuff, right? No. All right, all right. Relax, Susan. Thank you. Interestofjustice.org. Thank you, Susan. Thank you all. I got to run across the street. I'll see you on Newsmax at seven p.m. Eastern time. All the best. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.